It's time for Good Call. After reviewing the play, we got a goal. Or Bad Call. So, spill it on straight here. On Leafs Lunch. All right, A.B., time for our fun, interactive activity of the day. You and me, here on Leafs Lunch, going to play some good call, bad call. You didn't laugh at fun, interactive activity. It's like our, like our playtime. Sure. <laughs> our this is where we get to play a game and see if things are a good call or a bad call. Oh, we'll get right back into the chat we were having about goalies mm-hmm. with Marty Buran on the other side. The Maple Leafs will remain the same tandem. Sorry, the Maple Leafs will remain with the same tandem of Samsonov and Murray at the start of next season. I don't even know what I'm going to have for breakfast. I don't even know what I'm going to have for dinner. Actually, <laughs> even better, it's one thirty-two, and I don't have a lunch plan. Yeah, me either. Actually, I might go grab some soup. Yeah, from, you uh, said it's a beef barley day, so yeah. I might be swayed by the soup. Well, nine channel nine soup action for lunch. Very good. I'm going very to soup good. Date after after okay. our show. Okay. Um, However, um. I, I liked what Marty said in terms of the Mar- the month of March is going to be very indicative of how this shakes out. However, however, there is a potential that like this is something I could see happening that's a little bit outlandish. Okay. Samsonov, regular season, crushes it, mm-hmm. crushes it, crushes it, kind of establishes himself as one uh, A in everybody's minds. And then playoff time comes around and Matt Murray turns into a playoff murderer. So that's something I could see happening. Just because he has the postseason experience and like so so maybe my point in, in saying this is I have no goddamn idea who the Leafs are gonna have between the pipes next season. Uh and a lot of it is gonna hinge on the next on the next month, month and a half here leading into the trade deadline. I just don't see it happening. No, yeah, it's a bad call for me. Okay, it's a bad call for me. Ultimately, I just. Oh, are you thinking Joseph Wall graduates into an NHL netminder next season? There Ooh. is potential of that. Oh, okay. So here's, here's a couple of all right. Here's a few different avenues that that I took. Talk this to question me. What did you to. think about like my weird theory that like Samsonov kills it in the regular season and then something happens in the postseason where Matt Murray goes in and makes a run of it. I want to believe that so bad. It's not that I even believe that. I'm just. I think that this is. A really preemptive question. I don't know if Matt of... Murray. I don't know if Matt Murray is the same goaltender that he was when he was winning Stanley Cups back with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just don't know if yeah. he's if he's that guy anymore. Ultimately, like I, I just, you know, is he is he going to be make sure healthy? That we clip that. Is he going to be healthy in case we need it in the future? Yeah, I hope I'm wrong again. Yeah. I love being wrong when I'm criticizing <laughs> totally. these players. And these, I do. I, I hope that I'm wrong when I say these things. But look, ultimately, I don't know how much trust you can have in Matt Murray. The problem is he's the goaltender that's under contract next year. Like Samsonov's going to need a, a new deal. He's a restricted free agent, and if he does become the team's one A, let's say they win a round, a couple rounds, like what's that going to cost to retain him to bring him back into the fold? I would imagine they'd extend that qualifying offer of one point eight million. But then what's it going to cost to actually get him under contract and yeah. make him the guy when you already have, what, 4.6 or something like that allotted to Matt Murray? Now, I am of the belief that if they realize, okay, Elias Samsov could be our guy, if he proves that he could be the guy this season, if he takes on this this role that he's taking on right now and he you know turns out that, okay, he could play 50-some-odd games in a season, he could play in the playoffs, I think their priority this offseason would be to unload that contract. Yeah. Right, you unload that contract, and to your point, 
Joseph Wall could potentially be a guy. He does require waivers next season. So, like, you got to make your decision on Joseph Wall. Is he a guy you think could be an NHL goaltender and a cheap option? I didn't realize that there was kind of that deadline on Joseph Wall next year. There is. So he requires waivers next year. So there's no way you can have all three of these guys. Okay, so that Joseph Wall information actually sways me to bad call. Because now it feels like it's an audition of, okay, which one of these two guys are we sticking with? And maybe Joseph Wall becomes our our backup next year. We want to look half half full, right? Glass half full. This Murray injury gives him an opportunity to maybe get a, a little sniff at, at Joe Wall at the NHL level. You're right. We've seen him in the AHL. He's an AHL All Star. Yeah. He's like 13, 14, and one this year with like a 928 save percentage. It's been fantastic since coming back He's from that injury. It. Absolutely. But what can he do at the NHL level? Because we've seen guys, I think, uh, who brought it up yesterday? MJ said Garrett Sparks was like a, an MVP. I saw him signed with the Orlando Solar Bears the other day. And now he's in the East Coast League. So, Taking like, it. there's a big difference between the American League and the National Hockey League. So, uh, you know, in a way, it'll be nice if he gets a couple of starts. And, you know, there was a back-to-back right away against Columbus when they come back on February 9th and 10th. Assuming that Matt Murray's unable to go, Joe Wall's going to get one of those starts. And it'll be a good opportunity to see what he's got. So I believe that they're probably, um, they're not going to go with the, I think it'll be two of three of Samsonov, Murray, or Joe Wall, but it's not going to be Samsonov and Matt Murray. I think either one of two things happen. They are forced to have to roll with Murray again, in, in which case, don't know if they can afford Samsonov. And, you know, maybe they can either try and move his right somewhere, get a, a draft pick, something or um, they can get out from Murray's contracts, give up an asset, whatever it takes to do that, and they roll with Sam Snob and Joe Wall as your tandem next year. Okay. Very interesting. You know, that that bit about Joe Wall really did sway me, sway me there. I didn't realize that was the case with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, that's the, they like Joe Wall. I don't like, blame him. They've, he... they've given, they've spent a lot. He's a former third-round pick. And again, he's at that age now, I think 24, 25, where it's like... Goalies start to see the light. Well, yeah. You know, it's and it seems like he's starting to. Very, so do very interesting. William Nylander will finish as the team's leading scorer mm. at the end of the season. Goal scorer? I assume this means goal scorer? Yeah, goal scorer. So he has 28 right now. Austin with 25. JT, 21. Mitchie Marnes, 18. I'm going to assume it's a two-horse race. Yep. Right. Austin Austin, and Willie. Those, those are the two guys. If this really comes down to how long Matthews is going to be out for. If it's a minimum six weeks, we know that we looked at it, or um, three, three weeks, weeks yeah. it was six games that he would miss. So in those six games, can Nylander build on that lead enough where it's almost tough for Matthews to come back? Uh... But then again, we've seen Matthews going an absolute I hate down betting against Austin Matthews, especially in the back half of the season when he gets hot, when and he'll be rested when he comes back to AB, so so he'll be healthy. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with good call. I think this is Willie's year to to be the guy for the Leafs. He, it's a it's blasphemous that he won't be at the All Star game, but like I've mentioned before, he probably is pleased to go to Turks and Caicos or, or Cabo or wherever he's jetting off to following yeah. the Bruins game tomorrow night in, in Toronto. I, I think I'm going to go with good call here. I think this is Willie's year. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. It's not really the devil. Like, Austin Matthews going on a tear is, you know, something that we've been begging well, yes. for all year. Yes. So you're kind of like an angel whisperer, but okay. 
Whispering I, I, Angel, I'm, my I'm, favorite bottle of rosé. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think, like, when, when Austin Matthews comes back, and again, this is a perfect time for him to be out because he only misses six games. Three weeks, but with the All-Star break and uh, the, the bye week, it's only six games that he's actually missing. Assuming he does come back after that three-week timeline. It, it, this... This theory is based on the assumption he returns after those after those three weeks and uh, he gets back in action. I think it's on the 17th, I want to yeah. say. Um, we've seen this guy go on like a goal per game pace. And three weeks off, do you remember how he shot out of a cannon after getting those two days off? Yeah. I mean, imagine That's three I mean. weeks, right? Gets fully healthy, that knee's good to go, whatever, you know, other nagging injuries that's kind of been around him that is now probably hopefully healed up at that point yeah i mean i think he could go on a, a tear down the stretch and you know surpass willie that shooting percentage is still lower than than what it should be so you still expect to see some more goals start to fall here for for austin matthews and let's say in these six games nylander goes out and you know he only gets yeah i mean only but like let's say he gets three goals I mean, I don't think six goals is a, a big enough lead yeah. for him not to to catch up and surpass Willie. So I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go bad call. I, I got faith. Austin comes back and Austin can get it done. I like it. Okay. The also I hope that Matt Cross didn't hear me call Whispering Angel my favorite bottle of rosé because it's, it's I don't know if it's up to. RTSN ten fifty sommelier standards. <laughs> I think he appreciates when people have like I would assume this is a rather less expensive bottle of wine like for me when i buy myself a bottle of whispering angel i'm treating myself it is a 28 dollar bottle oh okay i'll say that with Maybe confidence and class that. like i'm some sort of <laughs> sommelier um anyways respect it oh gosh i wish it was summer and i was having rosé somewhere ab um the maple Leafs should focus on adding a forward at the deadline over a blue liner Oh, God. We've gone back and forth on this so much this year. No, but the thing is, this one is like... Uh, I don't feel like I should have to choose. Right? Do you feel like you should have to choose? Because it sounds like, well, for all intents and Ultimately, we do, it doesn't matter what we think. No, 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 I know. Realistically, it's Kyle Dubas that needs to choose. Sorry, right? but what I meant more there... From, what I meant more there is that we've heard from CJ, we've heard from... Obviously, I'm talking about our TSN hockey insider, yeah. Chris Johnson. We've heard from Darren Dreger that there's no reason to think that they won't target both. But which one would I thought they... you were going to say, but we're playing a game right now, so pick what they need more. Well, that. Yes. Also, let's not <laughs> sit on the fence here. They can target both, but which one do you think is... Like, they can't get a top four and a top six. Ah. They can go and get a couple of depth guys and satisfy both depth positions, but... You can't go out and spend money on a top six winger, but then also bring in a second, first pair of defensemen. Like, that's not going to happen. That's fair. Right? I'm going top six forward then. I'm going with uh, heavy. I'm going with this magical unicorn person that we all talk about that I don't even know if exists on the trade market. I'm going heavy, left side, winger who could grind in front of the net who will win all the battles on the boards and and feed the puck to the front of the net who will add a little sandpaper to the lineup come the postseason when scoring gets really hard to come by even for austin and mitch and and jt and willie who is he deliver him to to us at nine channel nine here in scarborough you want to list the 15 guys who are they no i'm kidding <laughs> 
I mean, who is it? I don't know. I don't know. Up last week, Pablo Bushnevich yes. was one of those random off the board names yeah. that brought up last week. Craig has mentioned Lawson Krause yeah. as a potential option. So that's the like, guy. Well, the, the, to me, that's the guy. And Lawson and Krause? I think more the more Just not giving up Matthew Nyes for him. No. No, I no, don't no, think no, no, so. No. That was what Craig said, and we're like, no, 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 Craig. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to do that one. But it, that would be a great option. I don't know. Like yeah. as a player, he fits the mold of what you're looking for. Depending on the price, obviously. You're not selling the farm for Lawson Krause. No. But he does fit the mold of what the Maple Leafs want. Yeah. I also am going to good call this. I, I think that a forward is, is going to be the priority. More so because I have faith in what the blue line is. Like, yeah. When TJ Brody comes back into this lineup, things kind of just unfolded perfectly. Like, you look at this this these three pairs now. You've got Riley and Brody, who went back together, and, you know, they're, they're magic like PB&J. Right? Yeah, nice. You've got Gio and Hall, who you know we've seen the success that they had when the injuries arose, and they got put into higher spots in the lineup. Now you got them in a second pair, you know, defensive zone, you know, just play a real steady defensive game. I think that they can do that. And then on the third pair, you've got your young Swedish pair with Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin, and all of a sudden, I like what we got on all three pairs. I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything there. You know, do you want a little bit more sandpaper? Maybe, but I would probably prefer to prioritize a bit more goal scoring than a tad more sandpaper on the blue line. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But this fun stat also on uh, Lilligren: I think he's gone twelve straight games without allowing a goal at five on five. Wow! Yeah, has been on the ice. And the crazy part about that too is he's been all over the place. Like part of those twelve games, he was on a pairing with Morgan Riley. Part of those twelve games, he was with Mark Giordano. And then the last couple of games, uh, or last game he was with Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter who his partner is. He just goes out there and he plays his game. I, I mean, I've been very impressed with Timothy Lilligren this season. Very impressed. And for him to be this team's, you know, third pair of defense with along with Sandin, who have, I believe I checked it yesterday, um, among defensive pairs with 250 minutes, I, I want to say, the best expected goals rating in the entire NHL. Unreal. Among defensive pairs. So, favorable minutes. We'll say that. Third pair, favorable yep. minutes, right? But still, you know, that, those are the minutes you're going to get in the playoffs, too. You know, like they're not gonna they're not gonna put Lilligren and Sandine up against Stamco and Point. Like yeah. that's 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 not where we're gonna happen. So um yeah, I, I just I have more faith in the blue line now, which is crazy considering where I was maybe two months ago. So I believe four would probably be where Yeah, uh, still wouldn't mind a little go. depth back there just in case of injuries and gosh, it's gonna be interesting. Like Dreg's brought up to see what happens with Jake Muzzin here and what, what that situation yeah, allows for cap wise. It does sound like Muzzin it's it's not gonna happen for him this year. We Darren Dreger would not come here on our radio waves and, and allude to that if he didn't I don't think believe that it yeah. probably it doesn't sound like Jake like, Muzzin's it, gonna be back. It is very unfortunate because so good in the playoffs last year, even after a tough regular season, yeah. like but even just that just means that this is clearly an injury and, and you know, his health is not at a hundred percent, which you don't want to say. Like from a, a personal Human, standpoint, yeah. you know, it's really unfortunate that he's uh, you not. You sound too, like uh, a real dirtbag there. Yeah, you're just a robot. You it's really okay. Made a me real sound like a dirtbag. Real robot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we we hope that he's you know his health is best going forward. But it sounds as though um, probably not going to end up being a Maple Leaf for the rest of this year. Uh, why don't we do one after dark? I think we got to hit a bit of a break here, so we'll save a couple of these uh, for. The other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You'll see the Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. 
All right, let's uh, let's do one more after dark. Here, okay, okay? A good call, back call after dark. I want to do this one. So the Maple Leafs have nine games in the month of February. Short <laughs> month, short month, yep. short schedule. Based off of the strength of schedule, which I'll explain in a second, Toronto should win at least seven of the nine games. So they should pick up fourteen of a possible uh, eighteen points here in the month of February. So they play the Bruins. Columbus twice, the Blackhawks twice, the Canadians, the Sabres, the Wild, and the Kraken. Ugh. What do you think? Um, I, so Walk me through your process. What's going you on You know in exactly head what's going on in my head right now. Yeah, Boston's an L. No. No? The Canadians are an L. Oh. The Sabres are an L. <laughs> Columbus is probably an L. Oh, There's probably lots of the Black... Like, no... Boston is not the scary team to me uh, on this schedule because Without because Matthews? I just know that the Leafs will get up for that game. They'll yeah. get up for that game. They'll play hard for that game. Y- yeah, they've been f- they've been good without Austin Matthews. We talked in the first block about how William Nylander elevates his, and when he's out and has elevated all year long. Regardless, I'm not scared of the Bruins. I'm scared of it being the dog day, the true dog days of the season in February, and the Leafs not getting up for the second time they play Columbus in a month. That would be back to back games right when they return off of a vacay. But they'll, they'll both be in the same spot. That's the thing. They'll both be in that exact same spot where there could be some rustiness. Maybe we see Joe Wall that weekend. I'm going good call. They'll get seven wins. They'll get seven wins. You were just making the case for a, a bad call, and all of a sudden now you're flipping gears here? Oh, you asked call? what was going on in my head. I was right. battling with the idea, battling but I think the they'll team. pick up I think they'll pick up seven wins. I, I'd like to think they've they've started to make easier work of teams that should be quick work. Yeah, and then you saw what happened on Friday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you see them lose 6-2 to the gosh darn Senators. And you're yeah. like, so what am I looking at now, boys? Um, I'm going to go bad call. Okay. I'm going to say bad call. I think that, that game tomorrow against the Bruins, like this is a, a club that's lost three in a row. They've, they've got something to prove out here. Like, hey, we got to stop this kid now. Yeah. Like, they, they've got to stop this kid. So I think they go in, and, and, and I think that they beat an Austin Matthews list um, Toronto Maple Leafs team, you know, there's potential that Toronto could be already looking towards Cabo, looking towards Miami. So I, I, I you know, tomorrow could be a tough one for uh, for the Maple Leafs. And like you said, all the Kraken's a good team. Yeah. The Sabers are a good team. The Wilds are a good team. Like there's some there's some quality teams here. Yeah, you got Columbus, the Blackhawks, and Canadians. Like those teams come right right away. Like you got all five of those games right out of the gate here to to start your. You no know, second half of the season post All Star break should be able to win those games, but uh, are you going to be able to win all the other games? And then you're assuming you can win all of those five games. You might lose one, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think if they win six out of nine games, they probably will be happy with a six sixty six win percentage. So I'll uh, I'll 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 no call it uh, bad call it and say six wins. Six okay. wins seems seems doable.